Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Amy Coney Barrett is a go. That's going to happen because the Senate moved over the weekend, engaging the nuclear option and limiting debate. They brought cloture with 51 votes. Game over. No more discussion. Cloture is the vote that allows you to move forward to the vote. C-L-O-T-U-R-E. And it was Harry Reid, the former Senate Majority Leader, Democrat from Nevada, who engaged the nuclear option to put an end to debate. And it was Mitch McConnell who famously said, you will regret this. Someday soon, I don't know when, you will regret doing this. And now the Republicans have power and they engaged. What does that mean? Well, this was on a Sunday. Senate doesn't usually do things on a, on a Sunday. I know, you're surprised the Senate works at all. Well, that meant from that moment on the clock, 30 hours. And 30 hours later, you will be able to get to a vote. That means that Eastern Time, 7 p.m. on this very Monday, there's a vote. They can vote. Now, will Chuck Schumer be working to be Chuck Schumer? The answer is Yes, it goes without question. They were speaking all night on the floor. Oh, they had so much to say. This is court packing, and I don't know what other nonsense that they were putting out there. The court packing one is hilarious. It's not court packing when you're following the Constitution, and they are. Democrats don't need to like it. But the idea that somehow the Constitution hasn't been followed or that this is court packing or anything else is nonsense. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Of course, Senator Kamala Harris, vice presidential candidate, has a theory. Affirmation vote tomorrow for Amy Coney Barrett. Do you believe she's qualified for the Supreme Court and what will your vote be? I believe that this whole process has been absolutely illegitimate. Uh, the American people are voting by the tens of millions, and the election is going to be over in nine days. And let the American people, and the majority of Americans agree with this, by the way, let the American people decide who's going to be their next president, and then let that president decide who fills a lifetime term on the highest court in our land. But do you feel that she's qualified? I will qualified? be voting against her. Do you feel she's qualified, though? I believe this is an absolutely illegitimate process. Can you- That's not answering the question. Because they can't answer the question of whether or not she's qualified... She's qualified. Of course she's qualified. Far more so uh, than Kamala Harris, who just likes to throw single moms in jail. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon? Too soon? Really? Are we sure? Huh. So, of course, she's going to be voting against her because it's a sham process. It's not a sham process. The one thing that you can't say is that it's a sham process. That's the part that people don't buy into. They will buy into the idea that you people didn't hold a vote on Merrick Garland, that you want us to do this. We're not playing a part of it. Screw off. Right? That would be an honest answer. But they won't uh, do that. Then there's Hillary Clinton, and she has got her finger on the pulse of the election. And what about the persistent influence of Trump then during that time period? Because he will still have power. 
presumably. Well, none of what I've just said can be done until we have a new Congress. I mean, once he's out, he still will have power. Yeah, but who cares anymore? I mean, <laughs> I I predict to I you. Know. Okay. I predict to you. Predict, please. I will. That he will maintain his hardcore support, but his influence will be so diminished because most Republicans are going to want to close the page. They have been cowards, spineless enablers of him. They want to see him gone as much as we do, but they can't say it publicly. So cowards and spineless words used to describe Democrats when they wouldn't condemn the anti-Semitism of Ilhan Omar now being used towards Republicans discussing President Trump. I ask you this. I mean, this is, I mean, there's no scientific way for me to get this. This is all anecdotal. Do you think that's true? Which one's greater, Producer Ari? That there are Republicans who want to see Trump gone, or there are Republicans saying nothing because they know that Biden and people like Hillary Clinton are too sick to run a country. So even if they don't like Trump, they have to vote for him. I, the way Hillary just described that was grotesquely ill-informed and in, in way too over the top. But you mean it was very Hillary. <laughs> but if you're asking me, do I think that a lot of Republicans are going to turn their backs on Trump once he's not president? Yes. Oh, much different conversation. Oh, write that one down, Ari, because that's prescient. That's coming. When Donald Trump is no longer president, you watch the people who drop him like a hot potato, as Moira Rose would say. Potato. But, oh, the question is now about the election. And I would put forth to you that if Hillary is saying it, it must be wrong by default. That there are Republicans who can't stand the way Trump talks. If he would just shut his face and mouth and whatnot, he'd win. But they ain't voting for Joe Biden. And uh, and what's her name? I forgot her name for a second. Kamala Harris. There we go. Literally blanked out her name for a second. My apologies. Because their policies are miserable. Now that's true. I think you can find an unlimited number of Republicans who can't stand the way Trump opens his mouth, but are going to vote for him. Right? I think that that's true. You know, to, to think that, you know, the, the Lincoln Project people are, are truthful. The Lincoln Project people are the biggest grifters on the planet. Rick Wilson and Reed Galen and Steve Schmidt. Three guys who, between them, have never sexually satisfied a woman. They're, you can't trust oh these people. Oh, my God. Did you s- just say that? You, these people? They're sexual. They haven't sexually satisfied a woman. What? Why would you even think about that? I feel really bad for the women they've been with. I mean, so do I, but I wouldn't say it out loud. <laughs> that's the difference between you and me, Ari. And that's why sometimes people get mad at me. I lay it out as clear as could be. Oh, these are, you know, you're right. That's wrong and and that and that's rude and that and that's terrible because uh, I would never want to highlight the women who may have accidentally slept with them. That would be they they they're already living with a man. That was a mistake. They don't need to be reminded of it. They don't. My apologies, everybody. There are Republicans who have said this is not. My party, I can't be a part of it. Harumph, harumph, harumph. 
but a lot of those people are involved in the grift. When I see John Kasich of of Ohio doing this, it doesn't. I don't think anybody's actually moved. I think that that the conversation, the idea that Trump destroyed conservatism. I I remember this as a conversation from 2016. I said this isn't true. This is not real. The idea that Trump is bigger than conservatism is 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 laughable. And I I was indeed correct. Uh, about that. And I don't believe that he's going to destroy conservatism now. That's different than questioning whether or not he's a conservative because he's not. Trump is not a conservative. This is obvious stuff. Everybody who has seen him in action knows this. Everyone who has seen the debt knows this. Then again, they say Bush was a conservative. I would like to disagree. I think people accept the fact that Trump is not necessarily their cup of tea. They could even say, I can't stand this guy. But Biden policies really damage me. Now, it it is my brother, the good Dr. Katz, who engages in these great conversations about emotion and the idea of being able to handle one's emotions. Let me give you an example of this as we talk about Amy Coney Barrett. What I said earlier was, you cannot like that the Republicans are having a vote on Amy Coney Barrett and they didn't hold a vote on on, uh, Merrick Garland. But here we are. If you call it a sham process, if you call it illegitimate, if you say it's court packing, that's you being unable to handle and control your emotions. Because it's not a sham process and it's not court packing. What you don't like is that Republicans wouldn't do it with Merrick Garland and they're doing it now and you think they're disgusting. And then you can decide to vote no if you choose. The problem is you don't really have a case for voting no other than I don't like the way you treated me in the past or I don't like the way you treated the system in the past. Even though they were well within their rights to do so. And some people could argue that. I think they lose the argument if they say no. You'll notice that the, the Constitution says the Senate will advise and consent. Well, if the Senate advises and consent, then why in the world would the Senate be ever be able to say no? You have to give consent. That's what it says, if you want to take it in that meaning. So why in the world did Robert Bork not get on the Supreme Court? Why? I mean, if that's your argument about Merrick Garland. But now let's take this emotional conversation and bring it over. And, and this is, this is my, my brother telling the, the story. And, and I can't tell you if this is literal or anecdotal. Right? I didn't ask him who says what. I, I, I don't do those kinds of things. And his, his point is, and maybe he's talking more about what he sees, let's say, on social media like Facebook. He's not on Twitter. He's on, he's on Facebook. And he says, if you say to me, you know, I, I'm not happy with Joe Biden, but I just can't vote for Donald Trump. What you're saying is, is that you're a child not in control of your emotions. That's true. That's true. If you know that Joe Biden's policies are going to destroy you and the lives of your kids. And when I say destroy, high taxation, no fracking, so therefore no energy independence, removal of the Second Amendment, which both uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris favor, implementation to at least an extent through executive order, however you're going to do that, of Green New Deal policies, 
These things are all bad for a nation's future and certainly for the future of my children and possibly your children. And if you can look at all that and say, yeah, uh, but Donald Trump says mean things. He has mean tweets. Um, I don't think he's very nice to people. You're not in control of your emotions. And you are a child. And I shouldn't say you because not you. They are children. You take a look at this reality because you can say both things at the same time. Joe Biden's policies are going to be ruinous for my kids. And Donald Trump is a jerk face. Doesn't mean you don't vote for the jerk face. Because if the emotional means more to you, well, then how serious are you? Clearly, if the conversation is what's more important, Trump says something not nice to a reporter or Joe Biden wants to take away the ability to utilize the Second Amendment, the clear answer is Joe Biden wanted to take away the utilization of the Second Amendment. That's clearly worse. And the people who say otherwise are clearly wrong. Now, does any of this matter as we get into this polling conversation? I don't know. And I don't know because I do not deny the emotional insanity of people. I don't deny it. If I look at general election, the latest polling, and we're going to take a look at polling all week. Uh, Investors Business Daily ending on October 25th, just yesterday, with a margin of error of 3.2, 982 likely voters in the sample. Biden is up plus seven. Now, it's, it, it is plus seven good? Because right now there's some poll about Indiana where I live and Trump is up plus seven. People are like, oh, Trump's only up by seven. It's the end of days. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's the end of days. I don't think it's the end of days. But it's good to know that plus seven isn't really a lead. Well, Tony, it's not a lead in Indiana where it's red country. Have you seen Indianapolis lately? The capital city falling apart all over itself because it has absolutely no leadership. I'm working on it aggressively. Even, it's, what's crazy is it's an amazing, spectacular city. And uh, the new leadership or the leadership that's been for the past few years is desperate to try and destroy it. Just by their, their everyday actions. Drives me crazy. So Biden is up plus seven. But let's go to battlegrounds. Here's Florida. CBS, YouGov poll. Margin of error of 3.6. 1,228 likely voters in the sample. Biden up plus two. St. Pete poll. 2,527 likely voters. Margin of error of two. Biden up two. Rasmussen, 800 likely voters. Margin of error 3.5. Biden plus four. I'm sorry, Trump plus four. So Biden plus two. Biden plus two, Trump plus four. At least Trump uh, is outside the margin of error. Both other polls with Biden ahead has well within the margin of error. Now I'm going to make a call on something. I'm calling Florida for Trump. I think Trump is going to win in Florida. Take a look at Wisconsin. And I'm taking a very close look at Midwest states because I believe that the debate was very, very damaging for Joe Biden. Specifically on the conversation of uh, oil and fracking, where he's, he's flat out lying about fracking, guys. 
He is lying about fracking. We're not going to debate this. He has said on numerous occasions he would not have fracking. He has said the words numerous, numerous times. And some people are like, well, you know, he was only talking about, he was only talking about uh, um, fracking there, you know, on public lands. That isn't actually what he has said. He has said on numerous occasions that he would do away with fracking. Period. So when I take a look at Wisconsin, Fox News poll, 1,037 likely voters, margin of error of 3%, Biden plus 5, huh, what do you know? Before that was Susquehanna, 500 likely voters with a margin of error of 4.3. Not enough people in the sample and a little too high in the margin of error, but that was a tie. Does Trump have a chance in places like Wisconsin? Well, I want to see what comes from this week to be able to answer the question. Right now, that spread's a little bit high. However, if you take a look at Biden up 5.4, understand that Hillary Clinton was up 6.5 and Trump still won the state. So everything is certainly possible in Wisconsin. Michigan, I think less. Michigan, with it, the last Fox poll was plus 12, but plus 7, plus 10, plus 7, plus 9, plus 10, plus 11. And then there was a Trafalgar group poll in the beginning of October, first week in October. Actually, I should say second week in October that had Trump plus 1. I guess Michigan is possible. Remember, he won, Trump won Michigan in, in 2016, but he won it by 10,000 votes. And Clinton was only up... 3.4. In the last poll they had there, on November 6th, Trump was up 2. I think Michigan has pulled away to a point. Has pulled away to a point where I don't think uh, President Trump comes back from it. Oh, I could be wrong. And this week could show me some things. But while I think it's out of reach... What I'm curious to see is if the number changes based on what Biden said in the debate. Because where the effect can be felt is Pennsylvania. Where the effect can be felt is Wisconsin. Now, the last poll was the Fox poll, which certainly gave Biden an edge overall. 1,045 likely voters, margin of error three, and has Biden up plus five. But Rasmussen has it Biden plus three, CNBC has a Biden plus two. Quinnipiac had a Biden plus eight. Pennsylvania, of course, was won by Donald Trump. Right now, Biden's up by 5.3. Hillary Clinton was only up 1.9. So this could be pretty bad. Pretty dang bad for Donald Trump, because if you don't win Pennsylvania, I'm not quite sure where your path to victory is. I mean, I've got the electoral map here. I can play it out for you. I'm just saying that if we're going to be honest, that is hard. But what's interesting is if you take a look at the polling, Hillary Clinton was at much higher numbers. The kind of numbers you're seeing right now with Joe Biden until what? The week before the election. And that's where you started getting into the Clinton plus two, Clinton plus one, Clinton plus four, Clinton plus two, Clinton plus two, Trump plus one. 
Before that, you had Clinton plus eight, Clinton plus seven, Clinton plus 11. So I'm very curious where this wet last week is. For me, all eyes are on Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, I think, makes the play. Because if I do the map and I say that Pennsylvania is for, for uh, Joe Biden, now let's, let's do uh, the rest of it. Um, let's do, let's split Nevada and Arizona. I'm going to give Nevada to Biden and I'm going to give Arizona uh, to Trump. I'm going to give Texas to Trump. Of course, I'm going to give Minnesota uh, to Biden. I'm going to give Wisconsin to Biden. I'm going to give Georgia uh, to Trump. Ohio, I believe, also goes Trump. That leaves right now um, three states. That leaves, in my view, Iowa, North Carolina, and Florida. And even if Trump wins all three, all three, it still only leaves him with 259 electoral votes. Pennsylvania, for me, is everything. The 20 electoral votes of Pennsylvania will decide, as I see it at this moment, this election. That's why this week's polling, in terms of seeing trend number, might matter greatly. I'm Tony Katz.